0: Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the many things you've already blessed us with this day. Now the blessed opportunity once again to get back into your word. Help us now that we understand exactly what you want us to and apply it in the right way. Encourage us to go out and share it with others. We see how dark the world is getting. Help us be that conduit of your light into this dark world so that others can see the pathway to come to you. Before it's everlasting too late. Thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your work. We pray in Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Enjoy life while you can. It seems to be flying by so quickly, talking about how the days of this year, well, the last couple of years seem to have just accelerated. I mean it's amazing how quick things have flown by. And we have failed sometimes. In our attitudes as Christians concerning enjoyment, concerning enjoying life itself and our salvation and even the situation that we are in. We know everything works for goodness for those that trust in the Lord as he teaches us. So even in a bad situation, there's a good in that. We need to look for that. Is it for our own growth or is it for our testimony to others? And also understand that the Lord blesses us with things that aren't so hard to handle sometimes. That are the good things, that are things that make us happy, that make us filled with joy. That give us entertainment even to where we can enjoy life. Not be so overly burdened with carrying a load that it weighs us down to misery. We can have joyfulness. Solomon wrote this in Ecclesiastes, in Ecclesiastes 8, verse 15. Then I commended mirth, mirth with celebration, because a man hath no better thing under the sun than to eat and to drink and to be merry. For that shall abide with him of his labor the days of his life, which God giveth him under the sun. So taking the blessings of the Lord and enjoying them. Some people think you have to stay in misery, has to be hardship, have to be burdensome. No, we can enjoy life. We can enjoy the blessings that the Lord gives us. In Psalm 118, verse 24, this is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So every day there's things that we can rejoice about. We can be glad in. We can, even in the hard times, we can still rejoice and be glad. And know that what we have to look forward to in the future is so awesome that we can keep our eyes on the future, not on the past or even the present sometimes. To think about what we have to look forward to. And in Galatians chapter 5... When we are born again Christians, the Holy Ghost comes into us. One of the benefits of having the Holy Ghost in us is we bear fruit. They are the evidences that we are Christians, evidences that we are filled with the Holy Ghost. Those are our fruits as he describes them here in Galatians chapters five verse twenty five through twenty six. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. There is no law against having these fruits and bearing these fruits. The one that we're focusing on is joy, joyfulness, to enjoy your life, to enjoy the blessings the Lord has poured upon you, not to think you have to sacrifice everything, every moment of your existence. No, he wants us to enjoy this life, a little sample of the joy that we're going to be able to have for eternity. That is part of the blessings. That is part of the fruit that he pours upon us. So Christians should be so joyful that the world sees us and wants to be like us, to draw into us, and then we can point them to Jesus Christ. This isn't of ourselves. This comes from the Lord. And you can have it also. Let me show you the pathway. That is part of the function of bearing these fruits. As others see the fruits. And they are attracted by them. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. That peace that comes upon you. When you know you have a relationship with the Lord. That's sealed. And that you're looking forward to so much. Long-suffering. That's that patient might not be going exactly like you wanted to in that moment, but patiently knowing that in the future it's going to be better. Gentleness, goodness, faith, that faith, that confidence in the Lord and His promises. Meekness, that's that power under control. Temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. See, those lustful desires of selfishness get in the way of true happiness and joy. When we try to just serve ourselves, satisfy ourselves, we wind up being more miserable in that process. Fooled by the illusion of joyfulness in the world, but then it all crashes down. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. It means staying connected with the Lord. Staying connected with that inspiration that is within us, that guidance that is within us, that information and all that supply that bears these fruits. That is the Holy Ghost. Stay in touch with that. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. That's some of the things that can lead you to misery. Don't be getting into those sort of things. Vain means fleeting away and worthless. The vain glory that people receive. The praise that they receive from mankind. Fleeting away and worthless. Provoking one another. That's that competition. That battle. We're always in a battle and competition with somebody else. You want to beat somebody else. You want to surpass them. The competition that's promoted in sports and so forth. It's all so violent at its base. Yeah, we're going to beat them. We're going to destroy them. And they get out there and motivate the kids to such things. It's, it's not profitable for your peace, for your joyfulness. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. Oh, they did it better than I did. I should have done it better than they did. And you get to all that conflict, and now doesn't doesn't go well with your joyfulness. Over in Philippians chapter four, we can see here some more guidance when it comes to. Knowing what we got to do to be happy, to be joyful, and the benefit that comes to us by being focused on what the Lord wants us to do. And one of the things he wants us to do in verse 4, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 rejoice in the Lord all the way. And again, I say rejoice. Not just when things are going exactly like you want them to go but always, to always rejoice. In that rejoicing, you're going to express the joy that can come to you by way of the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. See, we are ambassadors. We are representatives. We are Shining the light of Jesus Christ, sharing the love, and portraying, or supposed to be portraying, the image of Jesus Christ everywhere that we go. So when the world is looking at us, do they see someone who is smiling and filled with joy? Or do they see someone who is miserable and burdened down? Let your moderation be known unto all men. It means expose what you truly have within you. Bear those fruits that they can see, that love, joy, and that peace. Be careful for nothing. This careful is don't be overly concerned. Don't worry. That's one of the things that really can take you down, can make you miserable, is when you worry. What's that they say? 90% of the time, the things that we worry about, we can't change anyway. Don't worry. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. Look at this a little deeper. Everything by prayer. That means that constant communication with the Lord. You tie in with that, you never turn that communication off. It isn't that you have to come in in a formal setting and start the prayer in a certain way and end the prayer in a certain way and then you sign off. No, a Christian needs to have a constant communication with the Lord. You can have the formal prayers. Yes, that's a form of witnessing to those around you and a formality in various settings. But you, at the same time, need a constant communication with the Lord and that is available to you as a Christian by way of the Holy Ghost. So that's constant And it says, in supplication, this supplication means list of everything. Whatever it is, your needs, your wants, your desires, your wishes, talk to the Lord about them. He'll let you know whether they're beneficial to you or not. And it says, with thanksgiving. Thanking Him for what He's already done for you and thanking Him for what He's about to do for you and what He's promised to do for you. When you properly do that, as it says, let your requests be made known unto God. Requests, not demands, but requests. And when you properly do that, verse 7 kicks in. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus that peace that comes upon you that is beyond our comprehension, beyond our ability to even communicate to others, will come upon you when you are truly linked in and listening up to the Lord and being filled with the Holy Ghost bearing those fruits. That will come upon you and you'll have that full joy. You'll have that peace that passes all understanding. So the key goes right back to that Prayer and supplication, that constant communication with the Lord. Even in the hard times, the good times, the hard times, whatever it might be. You lift it up, you give it to the Lord, you talk to Him, and He'll give you that peace that passeth all understanding. Over in John chapter 15, the Lord teaching us here how we can stay linked in. We have to stay connected And part of that connection, he's teaching here like a vine. You go out and pick some grapes or something, you see that vine is connected all the way down to the ground, that supply. John chapter 15, the words of the Lord. I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. This purging is like pruning. There are things that you're going to go through that aren't so comfortable. That's part of the purging. When you are truly linked into the Lord, He's going to keep you trimmed up. Just like when you properly maintain a, a, a vine, you trim off what they call the suckers, those things that are on there that are just drawing the nutrients and not producing the fruit. You trim that away are there things in your life or in our life, I conclude myself in this, that are draining us of substance that we shouldn't be losing? Are they draining us of our joyfulness? Are they draining us of substance that could be applied in a better way? If so, we need to trim them away. Now, ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. That constant link with the Lord. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. There's no way we're going to bear those fruits of love, joy, and peace unless we are linked in with the Lord. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. That's a very important part of it. We can't accomplish anything without the Lord. We can't even take a single breath. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned." If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Commandments of the Lord. The two great ones that He gave us and emphasized is to love God with all your existence. And the second one, to love others as yourself. It's all about the love. Sharing the love of Jesus Christ. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. To have that full joyfulness, to have that, we've got to understand it's not from ourselves. It's not our joyfulness. It's not our happiness. It's not us. It's His that He can pour upon us and share with us. And then that far exceeds what we could ever come up with of ourselves or what we could draw from the world. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full this is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. See, he wraps all that up in that one commandment there, that love. When you truly have that love, all those other commandments are being fulfilled in that. Loving God and loving others, as he has instructed us to. And over in First Peter chapter 1, picking it up here in verse 13 some instructions on how we need to behave if we want to have this full joy if we want to have the kind of relationship that is available to us in first peter chapter 1 pick it up verse 13 wherefore gird up the loins of your mind no the mind it's starting with the mind what do you think about if you're into computer tech stuff back in the Early years when I was in college, back when they had the great big computers that were bigger than a refrigerator and they had these big reels and the, the uh, punch cards and all that stuff, most people won't even know what I'm talking about. But back then, they said that uh, gigo, garbage in, garbage out. And what you put in that thing is what you're going to get out of it. So, garbage in, garbage out. Same thing with our mind. What are you filling your mind with? Are you filling your mind with misery, hardship, distress? You're filling it with the joyfulness that comes from studying the Word and knowing what we have to look forward to as Christians. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. This sober, speaking of substances as well as attitude. You can be drunken in your attitude. And hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Hope to the end. That hope is that confidence in the anticipation and fulfillment of the prophecies of the Lord. You are anxiously awaiting the fulfillment of the prophecies and promises of the Lord. That is what hope is about. So have you got that confidence in that? Confidence that what he tells us in his word is going to come true. Confidence that he can give you what you need to be joyful in this world. Latch on to that. Hope to the end for the grace. Grace of my favor. Not that we have earned it. This is that we've earned joyfulness and all the many blessings you pour upon us. That is to be brought into you at the re- revelation of Jesus Christ. This carries it on over into even the judgments. As obedient children. That's a clincher there too. Obedient children, not disobedient children, because he tells us clearly that the wrath of God comes upon the children of disobedience. Don't be one of them who's getting a whooping. You need to be obedient, then you're going to have the full joy. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust and your ignorance. Like, don't go back to the old ways before you become a Christian. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. All manner of conversation. That means all of your interactions, all of your communications with others and with the Lord. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work, Past the time of your sojourning here to fear here in fear, excuse me. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and of gold from your vain conversations revived by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of the Lamb without blemish and without spot. That's where we can have the confidence. It isn't because we went through the right ordinances and and rituals of the Old Testament and made the right sacrifices ourselves. No, we stand on the finished work of Jesus Christ, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by Him, Jesus Christ, do believe in God, that raised Him up from the dead and gave Him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God because of what He has done, because of what He went through, we can have that confidence in the promises of the Lord coming true. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. Go back to that love again. Being born again. Born again. Brought back to life. Spiritually alive. Born again. That's where this term comes from being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Knowing that our lives are just fleeting away, that our lives here just for a a moment, a brief moment, like it says over in James chapter four, verse fourteen, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Vanisheth away. Here, just for a moment, flash, and it's gone. So much ahead of us. So much that we have to look forward to. It's amazing. But yes, we go through some hardships now. Yes, there are some sufferings. As Christians, we're going to be out there in the world. The devil's going to throw everything he can at us. And we're going to be having some challenges. We're going to have some persecution. We're going to have some, some very hard things to endure. But in Romans chapter 8, verse 18, it tells us, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So the things that we're going through as Christians in this world, the persecution that's on the increase in this country and around the world, is nothing compared to what glory we're going to have. So yeah, we're going through some sufferings now, but that shouldn't bother us because we know multiple times over in beautiful things we're going to have for eternity. And that's what he's speaking of there. It's amazing how much the Lord has has given us. And we need to not be distracted by things in the world. And we need to not be worried about our substances. That's one of the ways that people get so burdened down. They get to worrying about acquiring things in this world that the world thinks brings them joyfulness. Treasures is the way the Lord speaks of them over in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, Lay not up for yourselves treasure upon earth, where moth and rust doeth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. People strive so hard to have the kind of career that's going to give them the finances that they think is going to make them happy. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doeth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. We've got to keep things straight. we got to keep things right. we got to... Keep the light going. And that's the light of Jesus Christ, not the darkness of the world. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon being materialism. There's nothing wrong with taking the materials of the world and enjoying them when the Lord blesses you with those, but they should never be lifted up as your priority. They should never be lifted up as your goal to achieve such treasures and wealth. When the Lord pours them upon you, utilize them to bring honor and glory to Him. Yes, and enjoy them. Enjoy your life with the things He pours upon us because He does give us extra blessings. He does does give us things that we can enjoy and have a joyful life now and for eternity. So don't think that you cannot enjoy life, that you have to sacrifice everything that you have. No, that's not what he told us. That's why when he gave us the the ordinances of the Old Testament, even as it rolls over into the New Testament, the the tithe, the 10%. It wasn't that he wanted you to only give 10%. He wants us to give him everything. Everything is the Lord's. But he designates But hold back, take some of it, enjoy it. Just give me the 10% that we can utilize in in the ministry and enjoy the others. Yes, it's okay to give donations and so forth, but that's not what this is about. This is about all the things that the Lord gives us. When we utilize everything that the Lord gives us to bring honor and glory to Him, then we know everything belongs to Him. But in that, He allows us to maintain and utilize some of what He blesses us with to bring us individually joyfulness and happiness in this life. Verse 25, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Like if we get so focused on getting all these material things, then we lose what's really important. Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin." And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Given the example of Solomon. Solomon was blessed with great wealth, great treasures that he was able to enjoy in the world. Granted, in his later years, he kind of messed up. Got his life miserable. Got his eyes off of the Lord. Got his eyes on all those women he married and the pagan gods and became pretty miserable got his eyes off the right pathway. But before that, he was blessed with so much. When we use the blessings of the Lord properly, then we can continue that joyfulness. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. He knows what we need. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. When we have our focus right, looking at the Lord, trusting in the Lord, He's going to give us what we need we take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. are enough problems going on. You don't have to get distracted by them or overwhelmed by them. Get off of the track and start losing those fruits. When we can really take those fruits of love, joy, and peace that come upon us when we're bearing the fruits of the Holy Ghost and do the work that He allows us to be a part in, we can have that full joyfulness come upon us. And like I said back up there in Psalm 118, verse 24, This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Whatever that day brings you, rejoice and be glad in that. And in 1 John chapter 1, verse 4, And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. That full joy that is available to you, that full joy that comes from the Lord, that comes from following his guidelines, that comes from following his statutes, that comes from sharing that love that He tells us to do. That was the whole key thing about having that full joyfulness in first John excuse me, in the Gospel of John chapter fifteen, verse eleven again, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full full joyfulness we can have full joyfulness even in this miserable world that we're in we can still be filled with joy and let our moderation be known to others when we are really expressing that joyfulness to the world they're going to see that and be drawn in by it like moths to the light and then we can show them the pathway to jesus christ so they can have that full joyfulness as well Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we truly thank You for the joyfulness that is available to us by doing what You want us to do. And that is so much, and it's truly by grace and mercy that You pour so many blessings upon us. Help us keep our eyes on that grace, on that mercy, on that love that You've shared upon us, and help us be encouraged to shine Your light and share Your love into this dark world so more can be filled with the joy that is available to them. Thank You so much as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Would please stand.